You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Hey there, here's a quick note. This podcast contains general financial advice only. That means it's not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So don't act on the information until you've spoken with your financial advisor. You'll find our full disclosure, disclaimer, and link to our financial services guide in the show notes. Kate Campbell, daughter of the famous Campbell Soup inventor, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. Hello, Owen. And if I was the daughter of the famous Campbell Soup inventor, I'd probably be a lot older and I wouldn't be doing the podcast because I'd be in my mansion in the US somewhere. Ah, damn it. You know that uh, Raskovich means forest in Polish? Or this is like a forest or something. I don't know. You never told me that. I know. And you love love forests. Ah, well, that must be why you like me so much. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It would be one of the reasons. This introduction took a bit of a turn. That's okay. Uh, Today, we're answering the 10 big questions. About ETFs. This follows our ETF investing mini series where you can go back and you can learn everything there is to know about ETFs. In this episode, we're going to summarize all that and cover off the essential questions that you will have. It's our 10 part ETF FAQ. Yep. ETF, FAQ, WTF. We are answering all of those things today. Um, so, Kate, we're going to, we've got a timer here on the table. We're going to keep it short, snappy, concise. Which is and not something we're usually good at. So. We are under pressure. This thing is this is lit up orange and it is counting down. Okay. So, Kate, let's start with these 10 questions. Ready, set, go. I'll ask you, what is an ETF? Okay. An ETF is a basket of investments. If you think back to our mini-series, we had the basket of chocolates. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in the box of favorites, you could get lots of different chocolates in one single transaction instead of choosing, do I want the picnic or do I want the Mars bar? There were not Mars bars in the box of favorites, but that's another option. So an ETF bundles up a group of investments generally. And so you can buy a whole basket of companies with one single transaction and you're just paying one management fee, one brokerage fee. I like it. You answer that in like 30 seconds. What are we going to do for the next two and a half minutes that we budgeted? Maybe we'll move to the next question. Okay. Okay. ETF versus index fund versus shares. People get confused. Are all ETFs index funds? Aren't shares just ETFs? What's the big difference between these three? Do you want me to go or do you want to go? Are we going to alternate? I don't know. Okay, why don't we alternate? We didn't figure out the rules beforehand. Okay. 
I'll go this one. So an index fund is just, as you said, it's like a group of things put together. Uh, an index fund is just a fund like where we put all of our money together and it tracks an index. So in Australia, the most common is the ASX 200, which is 200 companies in the index. The index is just a number. And then it includes all of the share prices of all the 200 companies or thereabouts. And that's basically what you get. In the US, there's the S&P 500, which is the top 500 companies. And there's an ETF that tracks that. And uh, in, uh, the uh, in the United Kingdom, there's the FTSE 100, which is the 100 biggest on the FTSE. Then there's some in the Hang Seng, all of these different places around the world. And the uh, important part to understand is that an index fund does not have to be an ETF. So you can have an index fund that's not on the stock exchange. So it can be just a fund that you invest in. You just fill out the paperwork, send off your money, your money's invested. So you can do that. That's how they started. It was only later that ETFs came around and everyone's like, oh, we can put an index fund inside of that. So we'll do that. Um, and shares, obviously shares are different completely. But when we say share price, you can say the share price of an ETF. That's fair. Like you can say that. That's fine. Uh, so if you say like the Australian uh, shares ETF from Vanguard, you could say, and its ticker symbol is VAS, you could say VAS share price. Even though it's an ETF, you could say share price, that's fine, because that's like the common language. Um, a more accurate description would be the ETF price, but no one really says that. Or the unit price. Or the unit price, yeah. So so that's what they are. Um, yeah. Index funds, just follow an index. ETFs are a bit different. Not all of them have to be the same. And shares. ETFs com commonly follow an index as well. They commonly do, but it's... I would just caution people to remember that just because you buy an ETF does not mean it's an index fund. We are seeing more different types of funds come to ETF land and they're not traditional index funds. They don't just yeah. follow one index. They might be actively managed by an investor who picks individual shares. Yes, we didn't touch on active ETFs in our mini-series, but if you are interested in learning more, we'll cover in future episodes, but very different and yeah. often much higher fees because they, they have a human with a specific strategy in mind. Yeah. If you want to find out just like what an index fund is, just go to the Vanguard website because all they do is index funds. Yeah. Whereas the other providers tend to do other things as well. So you can yeah. get a bit confused. And ETFs can invest in just one single asset class like the gold ETF that just buys gold. Yeah. Um, are ETFs a good investment, Kate? Number three. Well, Owen and I really like ETFs. They're a great place to start for investors. You don't have to go through all the turmoil of trying to pick one individual company or a range of individual companies for your portfolio, especially for people new to investing. That's a really hard decision. So now you can say, I just want to invest in the largest Australian companies and I can buy one ETF. We mentioned some names in our previous episode like A200 and VAS that invest in some of the largest listed mm. Australian businesses. Mm. So it's very simple um, and it's pretty transparent, right? Because yeah. you can go and you can look. You know what is inside. So you know yep. what you're getting. Yeah. And you just get a part of all that. It's like taking the favorites to a party rather than trying to pick just Turkish Delight or Something else, like don't ever take a dream to a party like the chocolate bar. Not a good idea. Yeah, so you get a, a mix and they give you diversification, which is another reason we like them because the risk that you as an individual pick one individual company and get it wrong is quite high. Hmm. But if you buy a diversified ETF, which has the largest US or Australian or emerging market companies, it changes that a little bit and reduces some of the risk that you'll pick one individual company and get it wrong. You're picking a whole group of companies now. Mm-hmm. I like it. Question number four. What companies run ETFs in Australia? 
Okay. So we've got Vanguard. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these companies also exist overseas as well in other markets. And then they've come to Australia down the track. So Vanguard is one of the largest globally? Yeah, it's, it's one of the biggest three. Yep. yep. There's also BlackRock, which you'll find the ETFs under the name iShares in Australia. Mm-hmm. That's also huge globally. Yep, massive. We have. It may, I think it may be the biggest, actually. Yeah. I think it may be bigger than Vanguard. And they're quite vocal as well. Yeah. Um, Vanek. That's a it's Australian but also US ETF provider. Yep, got Global X. Global X, which was formerly known as ETF Securities in Australia. Yep. But Global X has been around globally yep. for a while. For quite a while. Um what am I missing? Beta shares? Yep. So that is only in Australia right yep. now, as so far as I know. Homegrown. Yep. Yep. And they have a lot of thematic ETFs. So we have covered some of their ETFs before in our ETF reviews. Mm-hmm. And Spider. Spider. SPD. State Street. PDR, yeah. Yes. Um, State Street. So BlackRock and iShares and um, Spider and State Street, those two names go together. That confuses people, but that's because they didn't start in ETFs. They have other brands. Yeah. So they're six of the biggest names you're going to hear in Australia. Plus, there are a lot of other smaller players that might run one or two ETFs or do a couple of active ETFs that you'll find. So you'll come across other names, but when you're looking for core ETFs, those large Australian and US companies that are forming part of your portfolio, they'll often fall under one of those six brands. Yep. And so those ETF companies make money by charging you the management fee that you pay. It gets taken out automatically from your investment. Um, So when you see the price of the ETF, it comes out automatically. Yes. Okay. Next question is, which broker should I use to buy ETFs? This is the number one question we receive. Yes. And unfortunately, there's no one specific answer for this question because it's up to you and your preferences. But we can discuss some of the large Australian brokers that many of people in our community use. Yeah, sure. So um, when we do a survey of our community, the biggest names uh, are Perla, Comsec, Self-Wealth, Stake. Um, And then we have others like CMC Markets. Um, Superheroes on the list, but not as big as the others. Uh, And so those are some of the names. A lot of people are using Vanguard itself with its personal investor services. But those are the the big ones. And all of them vary, as we've talked about many a time. If I was investing in ETFs, I would want to go with the one that is low cost, gives me chess um, sponsorship. So get your own number and uh, I would go with one that has like the easiest use because ETFs are about no frills. Yeah. So you do not want a complicated platform that's going to confuse you when you go on because there's so many different markets and products that you can invest in. Yeah. And your fee, just for those of you uh, that don't know, your fee to pay the broker is like anything from $3 up to, well, whatever, Comsec charges a lot for big amounts. Yeah, around $20. Yeah. So... That's taken out when you make your transaction, so your buy decision or your sell decision. Um, but for ETFs, I like to keep it simple, but we've also spoken about how we like to separate. You yes. can have multiple accounts. I like to separate my ETF portfolio from my share portfolio. Yes, you can for open admins. multiple brokerage accounts. There's no fees involved and you can try them out or just use the watch list features, explore the different functionality of each of the platform and then decide which one to use because that makes it yeah. a little bit less scary. You don't have to decide and invest and never try any other options. You can try some of the options and then decide on one that works for you. Yep, cool. Uh, how can I decide which ETF to buy, Kate? 
Wow. There's 230 of them in Australia. Yes, a lot of choice. So in one of the episodes in the mini-series, we discussed how to all the different asset classes you can invest in. You can invest in property. You can invest in Australian shares, US shares, developing markets, uh, even bonds and cash, mm-hmm. gold. There's an ETF that for nearly everything nowadays. So uh, we started by talking about the core portfolio. So what do you want to have filling up 90, 95% of your investment portfolio. You want staple, low-cost investments. You want diversification. You want exposure Mm -hmm. to large Australian companies, large US companies. Some of the other bits like property infrastructure bonds are by choice. Yep. And I think this is like when we start investing, we say start with the core, start with the low-cost ones. In the, the document that's available for download, we've got examples there. We've got an example of Australian shares, and then we've got an example of other ones that you can follow too. Go and do your research, follow that strategy. Um, just so you know, when we talk about balanced investment portfolios, we typically have 60% or thereabouts in like growth investments, and then 40% in more conservative investments. That's, that's like a starting point. And then depending on your risk profile, you add more growth and less of the conservative stuff. We talked yeah. about that. In the so series. there's not one correct portfolio. Everyone that's listening to the podcast is going to have a slightly different mix of ETFs and shares and other types of investments in their portfolio, but we've included examples in that document. I'll make sure that's in the show notes where you can start with if you want to research and find and choose between an Australian ETF to put in your core portfolio. Yep. Cool. Uh, Should I buy the cheapest ETF? In brackets, does size matter? So we get that question a lot because some ETFs might be $50 and some might be $500. Mm-hmm. And when we're starting out, it might matter a little bit more because it depends on how much you can invest. Um, we talked about the IVV ETF being around about $500 per, for one ETF unit, whereas there are other ETFs that might be $40. And so the only real like big difference is how many units you get. We talked about the pizza analogy of it's not how many, you know, how big each individual, how much each individual slice costs. It's the overall pie that you get. Um, for an ETF, you don't necessarily want to go with the one that has the lowest price necessarily. Like that's not really an indicator. All the, what we're going for is the long-term returns, and you can see that on the ASX website. You can see it on the ETF providers website. You can see it on our website, Best ETFs. The long-term returns matter more than the price of the ETF. So focus on that. And when I say long-term, at least three years, preferably five or 10 years, look at that long-term return. Kate, best ETFs for the long-term. This is number eight, and it's one of the most Googled, if not the most Googled thing about ETFs. Are we giving specific examples? We can give examples, um, but just know that we're not forecasting anything. We're not saying like, we'll just give like one or two examples of, I'm happy to do it if you would prefer, like, I'll just give examples here. Um, these are not recommendations. They're just like what we see pop up a lot of the time. And I'm basing this on the most popular options. So this is based on what people tend to be investing in. And we can see that because you can look at how much is already invested in them. Um, so for Australian shares, the most popular options we covered on the show were VAS, STW, IOZ, um, MVW, and I feel A200. A200. These are the ticker symbols. They're like the symbols at the end that you can search for the ETFs. For global shares, the two most popular are VGS, which is the Vanguard one we talked about, and IVV, which is the iShares one we talked about. Uh, when it comes to diversified ETFs, the most popular is VDHG. It's the diversified fund from Vanguard. When it comes to gold, 
G-O-L-D is the ticker symbol. That's the most popular. And there are a few others, but those are some of the things that you, you can start your research with. Um, obviously, me just saying them doesn't tell you anything really. just gives you the starting point. Go and research these. Follow the steps that we laid out. Number nine, Kate, second from last, and we are making great time. How much to invest in ETFs each month? Question mark. Very popular question. Thoughts? Well, uh, how much you want to invest in your investments in general each month. So if you have $1,000 of income and you're able to put $300 aside for investing on a monthly basis, then maybe you wait to accumulate that for a couple of months to make it worthwhile in terms of brokerage. So maybe every couple of months when it gets to $1,000, you buy the next ETF or parcel of ETFs for your portfolio. But ETFs are just part of your investment strategy. So your investment strategy might just be and core ETF portfolio for now. And so you would just be investing the money you put aside for investing each month in ETFs. Yeah, great. Well, so the two things I'd add is that ETFs are long-term investments. They're not for like short-term trading. So what we find that investors that have the best results are the ones that trade it like a savings plan, like on steroids, where you put the money in every month, regardless of whatever headline you just read, you just keep putting money into your diversified portfolio. And... You only put money in your share portfolio, in your ETF portfolio that you do not need for three to five years. That is it. Signed, sealed, and delivered. If you're going to need money in the next three to five years from the portfolio, do not put it in ETFs. Keep it in a savings account. Yeah. Pretty simple. Yeah. So you're putting that money, just like your mortgage, aside every single month for that investment. And we, we, we encourage a lot of saving and a lot of investing, particularly early on, because the, all the studies show that it's better to save now and invest now um, rather than waiting. That is absolutely true. But we also don't want you to become a miser. We don't want you to put all of your money in investing and then never go out and have a coffee with friends. Yeah. Please, there is a balance and you need to find that balance. But after you know, you've got your house deposit and you've bought your house, the next thing that you should be focusing on is regular investing or paying down my loan for my home, the rest of it takes care of itself. And if you can automate it, even better. Automate as much as you can, I'd say. Tenth, final question, Kate, is <clears throat> how much money do I need to invest to make $1,000 a month? And we're going to take this through the ETF lens. Ten really popular questions. And this is the last one, Kate. This is how much do how much money do I need to invest to make $1,000 a month? Sounds like a nice round figure. I would love to have $1,000 a month on average. No, you know, not every month. It's going to go up and down. And it's going to be some lean months and some good months. How much? Are we wanting this in passive income? That's, I think, from distributions from the ETFs. So we don't have to sell thing. anything. Yeah. I think people, when they think about building an ETF portfolio that's diversified and it's in the stock market, they think, I want to earn like a consistent cash stream, like money that just magically appears in my bank account passive income, baby. And $1,000 a month isn't a lot of money to live on, but it's a great starting base. Yeah. Um, some months, like I said, will there'll be more dividends and some months there'll be less. Yeah. So it's with ETFs, they usually play, pay quarterly distributions. So yep. you're going to want, um, if you want $12,000 a year, you want $3,000 in dividends a quarter. It's never that smooth. It's usually a lot lumpier. You're not exactly sure what's going to come out, but- if yeah. we're, what are we basing, a 3% dividend Four, yield? 4%. 4%. 4%, yeah. So what have you got for us? I've got 300 grand. $300,000 yeah, in- quick math, yeah. With an average yield of 4%. 4%. Yeah. 
So that's doable. Yeah. Um, and particularly as your investment grows, the money tends to grow as well, as long as you keep investing it. So you need to, if you just think about this as I can get 4% from my investment portfolio, which is pretty high if you're conservative, but if you have it mostly in Australian shares. Yeah. If you get to that, depends you, how much you put in that U.S. international shares that often pay a lower dividend yield. A lot lower dividends. But if your only focus was income, you might just skew it towards Australian shares. And if you're skewing it towards Australian shares, you might also use one of the dividend ETFs like VHY, of a just like a vanilla index fund ETF. So you could potentially get a thousand dollars on average a month through this. But you probably just to be safe because you'll have some bonds and some other crap in there. You'll want to make sure that it's probably closer to four or five hundred thousand dollars. But that's one way to think about it. If I can get to three, four, five hundred thousand dollars, I could potentially be earning an extra thousand dollars a month each and every month. And if you pick the right ETFs, it will keep growing as well. Yeah. And that thousand dollars, which we're just sort of averaging out here, could be used to reinvest into that portfolio, whether that's through. Mm a dividend reinvestment plan, or you just go and collect that money and go out and buy new units in ETFs, or you could use that to supplement your lifestyle and drop down to a couple of days of work a week. So yeah. that's a, another way of looking at it. Yeah. And a lot of, so not everyone can do this. A lot of people, you know, it will take a long time, but a lot of people also think, oh, I can get to $300,000. I might not get it now, but maybe in 10 years. Um, and, you know, a lot of people that do the hard yards early are the ones that later on tend to reap all of the benefits from their work done many years ago, and they can stop saving in the future and rely on this income. It's definitely a, a test of delayed gratification when it comes to investing. It is indeed. Small bits, lots of time, and you need to give it patience, patience yeah. and time. And overall, what we would say is that you could potentially make more money if you tried to pick individual stocks and you tried to be really creative and you tried to do all that. You could, Right. But over the long term, ETFs and index funds, in particular index funds that are wrapped up inside an ETF, tend to be the safest and most reliable way to build wealth from the stock market. And so over the ultra long term, 10 or 20 years, it makes sense to plant those seeds now to let them bear the fruit in 10 or 20 years. Uh, And the easiest way we think to do that is through ETFs. You know, we don't have... We don't get a dollar for every time we say the word or the phrase ETF. We just like it. Yeah. <laughs> like we just think it, it's what we do. They're simple. They work. We invest yeah. in other things as part of the satellite part of our portfolio, but yeah. we do use ETFs quite a lot. We don't use the fancy ones. We don't. Yeah. I don't think either of us invest in many thematic ETFs. Nope. I certainly don't at the nope. moment. Um, but yeah, we just keep it simple and you don't have to keep complicating it. You can have a really simple investment strategy that works over the long term. Yep. Very simple. That's 10, the 10 big questions Yeah, well, about uh, ETFs. If this is the first episode you've listened to on ETFs and you haven't gone and listened to our five-part mini-series, I would highly recommend you do that highly. to get interested in ETFs. We have a RAS Core membership, which has Owen's ETF research if you want a starting point. Yep. And yeah, go ahead and join that super cheap membership. You can become part of the community and ask all of your questions if we didn't answer them in these 10 big ones here answering questions each and every day inside the community. Uh, You can also see all the portfolios that we create as well as some individual share stuff as well. Like it's not just about ETFs. We've got a bit for the satellite of the portfolio. Yeah. And we would just really encourage you uh, to go back and listen to the the episodes because 
if you think about it, yes, you might be thinking, well, there's five episodes on ETF investing. I don't really need to understand. I've got a basic idea. Yeah, but if you're investing, we want you to invest in these things for the next 10, 20 or 30 years. Don't, don't delay that. Learn it now and then you can confidently for the rest of that time understand what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, don't go shoot first, ask questions later. <laughs> go, it takes, you know, a couple of hours. Listen to those episodes. Follow the steps that we lay out and then it's happy days. Cruise off into the sunset. Yeah, and having a solid financial base with knowledge and understanding really helps over the long term. So you want to build that financial confidence. So when the market does fall, which it will happen over mm. time, you won't freak out and you'll be able to stay invested in your simple, low-cost, long-term strategy Absolutely. Uh, because we do not want you selling at the bottom of the market. Yeah, which to be honest, at the time of recording, it's pretty scary right now. And a lot of people would be thinking of that. But now is probably not the time to do that. So we want to reassure you that it's okay. And if you know the basics, you'll be much better placed. Um, yeah, but you can also ask us a question. If you head to any of the RASC websites in the menu, there is a thing that says ask a question and it takes you through a form uh, and you can tell us where you want that question to be answered, whether it's here on the Australian Finance Podcast, on the slightly more advanced Australian Investors Podcast, or if you want it answered on our business podcast or in the membership. Just let us know, put your question in there, and we hope to get to it on the on the um, the podcast. Please note that we get a lot of questions, um, many more questions answered inside the membership, but you know we'll try to get to it if we can. Wonderful. Well, I cool. hope everyone's enjoyed this ETF starter pack series. Yes, Kate, and, you've done uh, a brilliant job putting it all together. Yeah. Well, hopefully it helps uh, a few more people start taking that first step on their ETF investing journey. Yeah, I like it. Do you know that we did those ten questions in around about. Sure, 18 minutes. Yeah, Monique nods. Record time for us. Record time. So if you want more, you can always just subscribe to the series um, and leave us a wonderful review. We really appreciate that. So Kate, as always, thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians. If you'd like to learn more, create a free account at rask.com.au forward slash account to download free episode workbooks, bonus resources, and take our amazing free personal finance courses. You can also join our online community by following the link in the description. If you enjoyed the show, what we'd love is for you to leave us a snappy review on iTunes. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rask Australia. Kate and I are also on both of those channels. Finally, if you have any feedback, suggestions for episodes or guests to come on the show, or you just have a question for us, shoot us an email at podcasts at rask.com.au. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, 
and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.